0: the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compare to Who show. I'm here with Travis Stewart. Again, if you missed the first episode I did with Travis, I want you to go back and I want you to listen to that one first because it's going to offer you some really helpful insight as you listen to this next episode. Travis, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, no, it's great to be with you. I love doing this stuff, and I'm I'm really thankful that you reached out.
0: Well, I'm glad to talk to you, and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about in this show because you have developed, I think you use the word framework, um, yeah, but based on a system that we can use without going to see a professional, although I always recommend going to see professionals. If you need to see a professional, there's nothing wrong with seeing a professional, (laughs) but, but something really practical that we can use to help identify, like we were talking about in the last episode, some of maybe what's underneath our behaviors and kind of become more aware of them. I don't, how would you say it, Travis, explain to me this framework in your words.
1: Yeah, this is a framework that I think is helpful for understanding, like, why do I do what I do? Um, Helpful for reducing shame and then helping giving you a pathway out of those compulsive behaviors. So framework is probably the best word there. It it has some similarities to some um, counseling theories and techniques. Um, And I learned this. I first saw it at a workshop on addiction. Um, and so I've tried to kind of trace the roots of this um there's and there's actually a, a field of counseling called chair work so we're gonna you'll understand why I refer to chair work here in a second, but so there's some history of this, but this particular expression of it has been something that I learned from others, and then I've sort of expanded and have really been drawn to in my own work, and I'll share a way I use it personally as well as how I work with clients. Um, and so that's that's where we're going.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's go. Where do we start with this, Travis? Tell, All right. tell All us what right. we so, need to know.
1: So I call it the three chairs. That's as fancy, like I don't have an interrelational psychology theory <laughs> of you know personality or I don't have an acronym for it or anything like that. But um, it has some similarities to what's called internal family systems. So some people are going to think about, some people have probably worked with their therapists because that's a very popular theory of counseling right now. So it has a lot of similarities to that, but it's also, in my opinion, much simpler than that. And it's easy to pick up and internal family systems. You can identify all these different parts to your personality. And this only has three. Okay. Um, so it's sort of easier to keep it straight. Um, and so The idea is is that we all have core needs, which we talked about in our our last episode, right? We have core needs, and then we have ways of trying to meet those core needs. Um, And then there's a way of maturity, which is the third way. Mm. So each of those is represented by a chair, right? And some of that is because that's how I saw it done in this workshop, right? They literally had three chairs in the front of the room, and they had different people they had somebody come up and sit in all those chairs and do this and I'll explain mm-hmm. some of that but so we have three chairs that's that's where the name comes from so we'll start with the first one the first one is what we just call the child chair um and so that can be little boy or little girl or however you kind of language that's helpful i don't get real stuck on the language and things like that i kind of refer to this part of myself as the little boy part right so i tend to think of like a 5 year old adolescent sort of um and Essentially, the way I think about this is that we all come into the world with core needs, which we reviewed in the last episode, you know, the need to feel heard and understood and to be blessed and to be affirmed and all the ones that we talked about. So there's these core needs that we have. Now, we can think about that from attachment theory, which is a theory that's been around for for a long time that highly influences the counseling world. Um, So attachment theory basically says we need to have secure attachments with the people who provide us care when we're infants and growing Mm -hmm. up. And when we have secure attachment, we turn out with healthier patterns and we have insecure or disorganized attachments. Then we struggle with other things. Um, This can kind of fit into that as well. Right. So we come out with these core needs and we have these and this part of us, I think it continues to. Remain in us, like we carry it with us. We don't stop having a child self when we turn 13 (laughs) or 21 or anything like that. I still have these original God given desires in my heart. I still long to be seen and understood and heard and chosen and included. Those don't go away because I believe that's part of what it means to be made in God's image.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. And so the child self sort of represents our original design. Okay. Um, and we have these core needs and it's then characterized by a few different things, which I'll share with you here in a second, but does that, does that make sense? Or do you yeah. have questions on that?
0: No, no. I mean, so someone listening might be saying, well, isn't this just your inner child? Is that a different terminology or how does that? I think there's
1: overlap with that okay. language, you know? Um, uh, and sometimes that can start to feel a little woo woo. Like,
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah.
1: I um, mean it. I mean, it in the in the very real sense that we have these core longings that we continue, we come out of the womb with and we yeah. will carry them to the grave. Yeah. Right. And we experience them. What's true about it is that when we're kids, if we're hungry or thirsty, we just ask for it. Mm-hmm. If we need a need met, like we're, we're not using complex strategies as kids. We just say, mom, I'm hungry, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so what's true is sometimes we just need to go back to that. Mm-hmm. We just need to start to understand what am I really needing and can I ask for it in a healthy way.
0: Yeah, that's
1: good. Right? So, if you get, you know, my wife and I might get in an argument, right? Underneath arguing about who did or didn't do the dishes, <laughs> there's a longing that we both have to feel heard and understood mm-hmm. or or safe, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if if we work hard enough in our discussion to try to resolve an argument, Hopefully we're getting to the point where we hear one another Mm -hmm. express, you know what? I just, I just want to know that you want to be with me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that when I ask you to do the dishes that you hear me Mm -hmm. and see me, right. Mm -hmm. There's a core need there. That's way more important than the dishes. Yeah. Right. So that, that's kind of what I'm talking about with the child need. So this part of us um, is pretty concrete and simple right? It's just, I'm scared. Like if I'm, if, if you're going to dive in deep and try to understand like I need to get rid of all the extra language and just sometimes own, I'm scared.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So it's vulnerable. It's not real sophisticated. Right. And, and when, I think when we're playful and we're with safe friends, this part of us gets to kind of come out and just Mm -hmm. be goofy and be Mm -hmm. at rest. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense?
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good.
1: So is there any, anything that when you think of your kind of child part, little girl part that comes to Mm. mind for you?
0: Yeah. You know, the safety one is one Mm -hmm. that, that always comes up for me. Not that I grew up in an unsafe quote unquote home, but, but that was a big need to feel safe. And maybe, maybe because (laughs) to really dig into my pathology, (laughs) maybe, maybe because my mom was constantly worried about Mm -hmm. safety and talking about safety. And that was a big, you know.
1: Right. So you you have this. What's true is she knew that the world was dangerous, which Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And yet there's a reasonable safety that we can expect it to. Mm -hmm. And so somebody who's always worried about the danger, like, so life is somehow navigating like real danger and unreasonable, like fear. (laughs) So we got to somehow. But if you're around someone who's always pointing out the danger, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that you would feel. Unsafe.
0: And somehow there is a belief. I mean, now that I say it out loud, it sounds ludicrous, but there was this underlying belief that if I did all the right things, I could be safe. And that's a belief I think I've held on to for for decades.
1: Right. That's a very American belief. I think Mm -hmm. other cultures don't hold that quite as strongly as Mm -hmm. we do. Right. Um, And it also makes sense. And that actually introduces us into the second chair. So. So we all have these core needs and even for those of us that grow up in healthy homes or safe homes, it's still not safe and healthy. Like it's imperfect because our parents are sinners and Mm -hmm. the world is broken. And so whether we're going to experience brokenness in our own family, it may not, you know, some people it's going to be severe, abusive, you know, things like physical abuse, sexual abuse Um, and others, it's just going to be an anxious mom, Mm -hmm. right? Like you described. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we don't, and even more so, we're going to experience chaos and unsafety outside of the home. So, you go to school and you're picked last, like we talked about mm-hmm. last episode, you're chosen last for PE or things like that, right? So, you're going to experience brokenness and unmet needs. Mm-hmm. So, then this leads to the second chair you've got to figure out how you're going to get those needs met. Mm-hmm. That may be conscious or unconscious, but you begin to develop based on some of the things we talked about last time temperament, genetics opportunity, wiring, things like that, a strategy to get those needs met. And this mm-hmm. is what we call the coping chair or the survivor chair. Mm-hmm. I want to, I tend to call it survivor chair, but some people don't like that because it, it, the way I use it is sort of a negative connotation, but I don't mean that like survivors of abuse is negative. I, mm-hmm. It's a different way. I'm, I mean, survivor in the sense, of, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get by, right. I'm going to strategize mm-hmm. how to make life work. Um, Larry Crabb, who was an early Christian psychologist, Mm -hmm. um, he used to say, essentially I'm paraphrasing that our biggest problem is that we try to make life work outside of God. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm going to figure this out. I don't trust you. You're not trustworthy. That's the sin nature. I got this all figured out. That's Mm -hmm. the survivor chair. Okay. Mm -hmm. This part of us lives out of kind of a fearful, demanding spirit. So Mm -hmm. on one hand, we're afraid and also demanding life will work. Mm -hmm. right? Now, sometimes that's very apparent and you experience a demanding person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you meet a really sweet, mild mannered person, but inside them, inside all of us, there's a demand that life work out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? So, so if we take sin seriously, as scripture talks about it, there is a me first self-protection in all of us. Yeah. The weird thing is that sometimes that me first self-protection looks like I'm going to serve everybody. I'm the biggest servant in the church. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about feeling good about me right, right. <laughs> it it's so tricky yeah sin is slippery mm-hmm. um, and so this part of us, the survivor coping part, basically is what I think scripture calls the flesh mm-hmm. right i'm gonna i'm gonna make life work apart from god
0: yeah does
1: that does that make sense
0: yeah, absolutely I mean, I'm thinking about i would say my my survivor slash coping self was, you know, I use the word perfectionism, but I was a selective perfectionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sure. my room was a disaster, my offices are always a mess. <laughs> you know, that was, you know, kind of the messy creative person. But if I was organizing an event or, you mm-hmm. know, had a mm-hmm. responsibility for my work. It was going to be perfect. It was going to be right. right. And I was going to keep myself quote unquote safe from the criticism of others because of my excellence and how hard I had worked. And then the same thing for my body. I did the exact same thing. You know, if I if I exercised in, well, my part of my story is I became a fitness instructor because I believed mm-hmm. that if I could just exercise at that level, quote unquote, if I could be one of those top level people, then I would be free from criticism and scrutiny. And of right. course that didn't work, <laughs> but, but yeah, right. so, I mean that those, those were some of my, some of my coping strategies. I know I can see that clearly. Yeah.
1: So one way to think about this is underneath this chair so to speak is where we see a bigger umbrella strategy. Okay. Um and also then the specific behaviors. So a okay. bigger umbrella strategy might be perfectionism.
0: Okay.
1: I I have this and this is where some of those um personality types that we talked about mm-hmm. last episode those some of those tests can help you identify this. Yeah. Right? And so for example um the need to be good. Mm -hmm. is a person. It's an overarching personality. I'm going to be, I'm going to do everything right. Right. Mm -hmm. Or the need to be successful. I'm going to, I'm going to succeed at everything I do, or I need to be in control. Those Mm -hmm. are big picture umbrella things. Um, I need to avoid pain Mm -hmm. is another big picture now. So that's, you can kind of understand more about yourself. You can get to know your survivor self through personality Mm -hmm. tests Mm -hmm. is one way to say that.
0: Yeah, Um, that's really good
1: then underneath that is then the specific behaviors mm-hmm. exercise eating getting good grades um you know rebelling always arguing always having to be right mm-hmm. those are underneath those so those mm-hmm. are the things that come out of it right so when a client would come to me and she was dealing with restrictive eating for say i always push towards let's move towards you working on the perfectionism i remember giving um, young women assignments to break some of the rules mm-hmm. in the treatment center because mm-hmm. it was a way of, it was a form of repentance. Yeah. That's going to blow some people's minds. No, right? I'm tracking
0: with you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now. For, a, for,
1: a, for a good girl who's doing mm-hmm. it out of her own power mm-hmm. and following the rules because it makes her feel safe Yeah, to break a, a, a reasonable rule. I'm not talking about running away from the treatment center, but maybe sure. to, you know, <laughs> to talk when they're not supposed to talk or to do something. That's a form of repentance Mm -hmm. because repentance is about changing the way we do things and trusting God with new ways.
0: Right.
1: Right. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's how that all plays out and works. Does that,
0: well, yeah. And I mean, just to carry on with what you're just saying, our rules become our righteousness. Mm -hmm. And that's a false righteousness, right? That's not God's righteousness. God doesn't care whether or not I eat after seven. (laughs) right? Right. But but that that becomes our righteousness. So when we're forced to break that rule, that is repentance from that false righteousness. So I'm I'm tracking with you exactly there. And that's what
1: Jesus challenged the Pharisees to do all the time. Stop following these rules of your own making. Yeah, right. Um, about okay. your own perfectionism. He's calling them to repentance. So yeah. now how i love, there's this one phrase that I love that helps us identify, how, well, why did I end up with food versus drug addiction or mm-hmm. something else? And so, um, a therapist named Greg Miller, he, he has said that, uh, we are drawn to whatever is powerful, available and comforting. Okay. Right. So if in your home, um, Easy access to drugs. If if it wasn't available, Mm
0: -hmm. that's not
1: an addiction you're going to pick up. But if Cheetos are available,
0: yeah,
1: right. Or if you have the temperament to do restricting, which I think it's a different temperament, Mm -hmm. um, then it's available. Or Mm -hmm. if you're smart enough to get straight A's, then it's available, right? Mm -hmm. But not only available is it is it powerful? Does it give you a powerful sense Mm -hmm. of reward? Right. Mm -hmm. So binging can give you a powerful sense of reward, but so can exercising. So Mm -hmm. can restricting. Mm -hmm. So is it powerful for you? Mm -hmm. And then is it comforting? Does it provide comfort in the long run? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that we're drawn to the things that are powerful, available and comfortable Comforting. That's really
0: good. Right.
1: So that's how we develop our compulsive behaviors.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I'm thinking about my bigger umbrella. And so I want, I want your feedback on this, Travis. So just from a little bit I've studied about my personality, mm-hmm. I think my bigger umbrella is, uh, I may not be phrasing this in the exact right way, but. Uh, the person who wants lots of options, who wants freedom, Mm -hmm, who doesn't mm -hmm. want to be, um, well, stuck with one flavor of ice cream when there are 72 flavors of ice cream at the grocery store. Like I can't just buy one. I have to buy five (laughs) because one would just not be feasible in my brain. And and so as I think about safety in that sense, I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to figure out myself here. But it's like, like was I safe because I didn't want... If I, if I was excellent enough, then I would have lots of options. (laughs) I don't know.
1: It might be. um, It might be. You mentioned perfectionism earlier. It might be related to that. I don't want to make the wrong choice. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Right.
1: I want to have lots of choices so that I don't make the wrong choice.
0: Right. Right. Right?
1: That's something I've been praying and asking God recently is deliver me from the fear of making wrong choices. Mm. Yeah. Like, like help me understand. I can survive a bad choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's good. So, so it could be related to that. And it could be that you have something in your story where maybe you weren't given choices as a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody always made choices for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And so the power of having your own choice mm-hmm. can tie into a, an example autonomy. like that. I don't know if that's part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Boundaries and autonomy. But... Yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that yeah.
0: speaks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we got the child self, Yeah. the coping survivor self. What's What's yeah. next,
1: so the child has needs, the coping self outside of God develops, or what we call the flesh in scripture hmm. um and some scholars would probably disagree with me that that's exactly what the flesh is, but I think there's a lot of overlap, so then we have um the wise and trusting self, that would be the last chair, right, and so this is the area of growth for us, this is the opportunity to grow, and I think this applies to believers and non-believers. So the way the way it might look for a non-believer is we see in scripture especially in the book of Proverbs that there are wise ways of living. Mm-hmm. There's wise ways of making choices and as we make choices that align with the way God designed the world we experience more freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So if we save enough money and, and don't overspend then we're going to have more financial freedom. So that would be part of the part of the wise and trusting chair.
0: Yeah
1: for the Christian, there's that, but there's also then what scripture tells us is, you know, if, if you become a Christian, then there is a new self, there's a new creation, right? There is the spirit led self. There's all different kinds of ways of talking about it in the Christian world, but basically there's the supernatural energizing identity that you've been given in connection to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that is then infused into this third chair is the way that I think about it. And so Personal growth is me living less in this survivor coping chair and more in the wise and trusting chair. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I said that the the survivor lives out of fearful demand, mm-hmm. the wise and trusting self lives out of hopeful desire. Mm,
0: that's good.
1: And there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. It's and it's a hard difference to be honest. Mm-hmm. Fearful demand says life has to go this way, I'm gonna get it. And if I don't get it, then I'll be I'll either be crushed or I'll be angry or something mm-hmm. like that. Hopeful desire says, I long for life to go this way, but if it doesn't, I can trust God.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. It's it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. Right. You might toss us in the fire and we know God can rescue us. We're not sure if he will, but we're going to worship him anyways. That's hopeful desire. Yeah. I sure hope he rescues us, but right. if he doesn't, I'll be okay.
0: Right.
1: Right. That's a totally different heart mindset than... Yeah it's got to turn out this way. And if it doesn't, then why is God and why has he failed me? Which that's been part of my story is wrestling with disappointment and like, mm -hmm. God, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. Why are you allowing this to happen? And so I, as we grow, we move into that third chair, right? Learning to trust God. And it's really turning, learning to trust God with others Mm -hmm. too, right? So Being in safe community letting other people know. So part of what I do in my safe communities, I'm a part of a couple different small groups is telling them about my survivor and my little boy. Mm. Hey guys, this is what happened this week. Mm. This is how I was scared. And this is how I responded out of my survivor self. Mm. And can you help me with that? Can you guys pray for me with that? Can you just love me and know that about me? Right. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to tell me what to do but I need to be chosen and included and
0: affirmed and
1: heard and understood and healed in the context of community. Yeah. Right. So this part of us is a constantly growing thing. I read recently, I don't know if you've read much of Eugene Peterson or Mm -hmm. or know much of Eugene Peterson. Mm -hmm. I heard him quoted by someone else, but To give a picture of what this growth looks like, I use the word growth on purpose. Eugene Peterson said that like in the American church, we're sort of obsessed with change. Mm -hmm. I need to change. I need to change. Mm -hmm. He he said, God doesn't believe in change. He believes in growth, Mm. which is a whole nother way of thinking about like progressive, uh, to use a fancy theological term, progressive sanctification
0: Mm. that we change
1: and grow over time.
0: Yeah. Which is opposite of diet culture's message right? Absolutely. You, you change and grow within a very short amount of time. If you follow the program, <laughs> you follow the program right? it's a different, and a different promise. It. Yeah. And
1: it's not that different than like, if you take this Sunday school class at church, then you'll be the great parents. Like mm-hmm. we can apply those same things, right?
0: Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a different context, but, but yeah, we're so rational about like I hear you say that I'm like, of course, no one thinks that they're going to be great parents after a parenting course, <laughs> but but oh boy, I sure would sign up for that <laughs> 1995 a week right, plan, right? Right? Zap me skinny, right? I mean, right? Is, it's yes, fascinating.
1: It is fascinating. <laughs> but, That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that that wise and trusting self, um, has a a healthy and wise trust of others. Mm -hmm. It honestly engages with pain because Mm -hmm. the survivor is always trying to escape pain.
0: Right.
1: The wise and trusting self says life has pain and I'm going to trust God in the midst of it rather than trying to get rid of it. Right. Right. Right,
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and back to diet culture, right? I mean, that is the promise of diet culture yes. that you will escape your pain. If you can just follow the rules or just find the, the Holy grail of plans that work for you, you will escape your pain. And right. I, I, I love the truth in this because it, it, no one I've ever worked with. And I know the same has to be true for you has gotten the body they quote unquote thought they needed to escape pain and actually escape pain that way. Like we we're talking about the models, right? It just, it doesn't right. work that way. There is no body work. in which you can escape pain. So that's, that's right. It really doesn't good. work
1: well. And, you, and you're aging and dying anyways, right? So. <laughs>
0: right. It's, 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 you're on the clock. <laughs> the Even window if you is feel like you can sinking.
1: do it, yes. that's yes. right. As as it evidenced by hair loss and gray in the beard, it, it the window All is things. I'm yeah. past it. So <laughs> yeah. that's right, and it doesn't. But so the willingness. One thing I think we don't talk enough about in our churches is the ability to suffer well. How do we suffer and engage with suffering and trust God in suffering? Yeah. Um, because it's the opposite of what the survivor self right. is doing. Right. So I can give you some real practical ways that then this framework can be used. Yeah,
0: please go right? for it.
1: So, so um, one of them is just to, to learn about them, to get to know, like, write about your child self, write about your survivor, write about the wise. And the goal is, I, I, I'm going to say this. The goal is to work your survivor out of a job. Okay. Okay. The survivor's doing a job. Mm -hmm. We can't hit hate. I'm starting a whole new podcast here. So let me try to do this quickly. (laughs) Sometimes we confuse the survivor with the wise self. And here's what I mean is let's say we, we have a slip and we binge on, you know, a gallon of ice cream then we go, gosh, I'm so stupid. I'll never do that again. I promise I'm going to set a new goal. Mm-hmm. And we think that's the survivor self. Hmm. That's not the survivor self. Hmm. That is the survivor. I mean, that's not the wise self. That is the survivor self masquerading as the wise self. Okay. Right. So I don't know if I said that right. I might have got it mixed up. The survivor self acts out and then the survivor self changes strategy.
0: Yeah. So the survivor self quickly so there's a there's a perceived Mm. mistake and the survivor Mm -hmm. self quickly starts to throw up rules and walls and how am I going to fix this to keep myself safe from doing it again is that is that am I getting it right
1: okay but we think we're doing recovery
0: Mm.
1: and what we're just in a different survivor strategy we've just Mm -hmm. changed strategies because the goal is to escape shame Mm -hmm. right I did all this now I feel shame Mm -hmm. so now I'm gonna we it doesn't work Mm -hmm. Setting goals, setting new resolutions, saying, I'm never going to do it again. It doesn't work. You have to move into the wise chair of grieving and telling the truth.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So the wise, the wise self always tells the truth. So better, what to, what is better to do than to make all these promises is to call a friend and said, Hey, I think I was feeling afraid and shamed and lonely and so I binged mm-hmm. to deal with my emotions and now I'm feeling shame about my binge. I just need to be known by you mm-hmm. rather than making a bunch of promises to never do it again.
0: Right. Yeah, that's
1: So, good. yeah, so there's grieving and all that in the why. So so that's right. one way practically to do it is develop a friendship where you can talk about these and say, hey, what's going on with that survivor part of you right now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, another thing that I've done with clients is, I will have like a, a couch with three cushions okay. and I will have them. Usually I have them start in the middle cushion. Let's say they came in and say, man, I binged yesterday or I restricted or I exercised, or whatever. I say, okay, let's talk through this. So start in the survivor chair, the cushion, so to speak, mm-hmm. and tell me all the thoughts you were having. Well, I, you know, I felt like I was fat and ugly and gross. And then, you know, and then my, then my husband got in an argument and then I just went to the gym and I worked out. Right. So that's okay. Great. That's a great description. Okay. Scoot over to that cushion to the, to your left. And let's call that the little girl. What was going on for her? And a lot takes some time sometimes to figure it out. Well, yeah, my husband and I got in an argument and I felt like he was going to leave me and I was just scared.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, okay. So you were scared. You were afraid of being abandoned. So your survivor did these behaviors. Yep okay, let's talk about now I'll have a move. And sometimes I have a move around and uh-huh. they start and I'm like, Nope, go to the other, cushion, and, <laughs>
0: awesome. you know?
1: You know um, and then we try to get them into the wise chair to say, this is what happened to tell the truth about all the things that happened. Now, is there something you could have done differently? Well, maybe I could have found a different way to feel safe, or maybe I could have gone to my husband and said, I'm afraid you're going to leave me. Or maybe I could have called a friend mm-hmm. and said, I'm feeling abandoned right now. Mm-hmm. Right. That would have been a different way. What are some healthy ways to feel safe? Well, you know, um, I could have journaled or I could have, you know, done some prayer or I could have gone for a walk or things like that. So that's one really practical way is like literally to sit in different chairs and (laughs) to do that with someone um, who can help you do that. You can also do the same thing with journaling. So if, so I struggle with anxiety, so I'll get anxious and worried and if my mind is racing and I can't stop it, if, if I have enough uh, wherewithal about me, I will grab my journal and I'll start with the survivor and I'll just write out all the crazy, irrational thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you yeah. know, verbal vomit, I'm blah, 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 you know, you know, the world, the end of the world is coming <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: yep. and it's my fault somehow, right? <laughs> you got it. Yeah.
1: And then I journal from the survivor, or then I go to the little boy part and I journal mm-hmm. out those things. And I try to understand what are my core longings underneath that? And then I go to the wise man and I journal that out. Mm. So that's another really practical way that helps me get grounded into the truth, you know, and then I can take that to God in prayer. So those are some really practical things you can do.
0: Yeah, Travis, that's really good. That's so helpful too, just to have a way to think through it. And, you know, the one, the one thing I heard in what you're saying, the difference between the survivor coping self and the wise trusting self you know, the wise, trusting self, telling, telling yourself the truth. But then also what I heard in that was giving yourself grace, Mm -hmm. right? Because the survivor coping self, and I might be wrong here, correct me if I am, but perfectionist or not, believes that there's a way to be perfect, right? right? Believes that there's a way to be infallible, (laughs) right? And, and that's why when we quote unquote mess up mess up from our own rules. <laughs> more, I, my experience, I was more worried about messing up my own rules than I was God's rules, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, that was the reality. I think of where I was at, even though I called myself a Christian, much more concerned about skipping my, you know, doing the food rules wrong than I was, you know, <laughs> my pride or <laughs> telling a right. lie, those kind of things. Right. But, but in the wise and trusting self, being able to give ourselves the grace
1: yeah it's well, and really I would take it a broken. step further. It's, yeah go ahead it's, it's to receive the grace mm, of yeah. God given to your survivor
0: mm.
1: and your and your little girl part. So yeah. that survivor self is not a part to hate. Mm. It, it needs to die. Scripture talks about mm-hmm. death to self, and that the flesh needs to die. Yeah. But how does it die? It get it gets loved to death.
0: Mm, that's so good,
1: right? That's the part of you that that Christ went to the cross for, mm, right? Good. So we've got to receive that grace and rest yeah. in that grace, so that that part can die and be, you know, set free and made into and 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 fleshed out into the wise and trusting self. Yeah, right. So good. we can't we can't hate that. We've got to really live in grace.
0: Yeah, that is so good. That's so good, Travis. This has all been so good. I know that everyone listening is going to get so much out of this. So thank you. Any, any final thoughts, anything you're like, oh, I should have mentioned that. Any, any final thing we need to throw in there? No, I
1: think, I I think I snuck it in there. That was the part that I was thinking about was just, (laughs) I mean, I, I think um, the reality of grace is, is our only hope. And so, um, you know, read about grace, learn about grace, bathe in it, Amen. um, you know, Good. take it all in. That's, that's our hope.
0: Amen. Yeah, I, I agree. I love it. Travis, I appreciate so much you being on this episode and the last one and helping us with this new framework. I think this framework yeah. is super helpful. I I'm really excited about uh, the possibility of this and, and the women listening, what they're going to be able to do with it. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, it's an honor to do it. Thank you. And I'm grateful for the, for the chance to be with you.
0: Now, you mentioned you do do a couple groups still virtually. I don't know if you have openings or not, but do you want to mention anything about that? I, have or a, where they can I do you? have
1: one group. I do have one group that I lead um, that I would consider if anybody's interested. I would have to interview them and we'd have to if work out with the schedule and that kind of things. Okay. I have a, an opening or two that I would consider taking someone into a group where we use this framework basically every week. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that would be a possibility um, if awesome. someone's interested.
0: And where can people connect with you, Travis?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, my website is wtravisstuart.com. My first, Travis is my middle name. So um, (laughs) W is out there in the front. Um, uh, So that, and then I have a website called reflectiveprayer.com that has guided kind of prayer um, on there and people can check that out as well.
0: Wonderful. Appreciate it. Well, thanks again, Travis. It's been great having you on the show today. Thank you, Heather. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowhome slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare2who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10 minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration, and I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free.
1: The love of God is immeasurable, it's unchanging, it's indescribable. Because God loves you so much